Welcome to another episode of Everything is Logistics, a podcast for the thinkers in freight. I'm your host, Flight Thrumleave, and we got a couple really fun guests, former guests of the pod, Grace Sharkey, of course, Freightwaves fame, Sirius Radio, and then we have Lars Vana. No, Lars Vana, I will take it. Jesus. <laughs> Lars Ward of Freightvana. I was going to roll with it. I really was. Still might. It's like not even, it's not, he didn't pound it. Or it's, it's, he just took his last name. So it's interview. Our founder's going to be story. so mad at me. <laughs> Who? Yes. What? So I guess um, for, for folks who may not be aware of you two have been living under a rock in logistics media, give us a rundown of your role, how you started working in freight, elevator pitch. Uh, started in brokerage. Left that to help consult and now writing for Freight Waves, uh, mostly technology focused. Uh, and then on top of that, I also have a couple of podcasts, Great Quarter Gals, uh, a point of sale. And sometimes I have to remember this is the list, <laughs> right? Yeah. There's just too much going on. And then on top, then around uh, 3.30, I take a quick 20-minute nap and do 5 to 7 a uh, drive time on SiriusXM every day of the week, Monday through Friday. So, <laughs> yeah. You have a, a planned power nap? I don't pl- I'm taking power notes. Nap. Yeah, <laughs> It's right, two Lars shifts. Vana. Lars Vanna, this might stick, as terrible and as wonderful as that is. So I got my start primarily on the asset side of trucking at night transportation, started off in account management, quickly grew into a sales role where I was selling the entire portfolio of services. When night acquired Swift, I left for about a year, then came back and jumped in as the director of business development for the brokerage. Did that for a little while, and then a little bit better than a year and a half ago, uh, myself and 20-some-odd uh, founding team members left KNX to start Freight Mana. We are one of the fastest-growing 3PLs in the country today. We're close to 100 employees, and we're doing things a little bit special. At Freight Mana, I have specific responsibility uh, for all of our sales and customer-facing marketing. And so I think with, with uh, especially all three of us, but you two in particular... You use social media extremely to your advantage to get the content out there about the content that you're making or about the, the services and products that you're, that you're creating. What would you do if you didn't have social media? How would you get the word out about Ooh. your content and your business wow. services? You know what? Oof. I don't even think I'd Grace, have a job. take first stab at that. Well, yeah. it's, like, it's, it's funny because it's like I feel like I also used it to like uh, as a way almost to build a network to even get to this point in my career. But I mean, without it, uh, I mean, I've been in the broker's business. So if, if we're going to have to pick up the phones and cold call, then we're going to go ahead and do it. Uh, but I think to experience the growth that we both had in our careers, it's been a big part of, of that uh, strategy. And I think... I, I can't even imagine a world without it or even like a world where like Twitter and all that, like social media may be uh, straightened out by its owners a little bit more, but the, the it's there. It's free advertising. It's uh, at some point, as you know, people can even make really great livings off of it. So um, I think uh, I, I can't, I can't even imagine that world to be honest with you. I can't imagine it either. So yeah. it's so interesting. I mean, I've never even thought in that framework. Like, what yeah. would you do without social media? And, and you'd go back to the things that you know are, are tried and tested, yeah. maybe a little boring, uh, a little unsexy, right? It's the heavy cold calling. It's the email campaigns, uh, conference marketing, print advertising, those kinds of things. But I think the, the special layer that's on top of all of it is social media. Yeah. 
And I think we're all advantaged. You, you, you called it out. Grace and I have leveraged that now for years. And we've done something really special with that. But we're also sort of like social natives. I mean, we were the, the folks growing up who were using AIM and yeah. MySpace. And, and we've kind of grown alongside of it. And now I think social media has really broken into the B2B relationship building. Right? This isn't just sort of your Twitter or your Facebook relationships. But now I can go on to LinkedIn and advertise the business, advertise myself, and create communities, create connections that are actually meaningful. I'd have no chance to do that with cold email. Just no chance. Well, and so, yeah, there's no way to think about how yeah. you separate these things. And the efficiency of it, like to think about like, if I was in like a world where I'm like sending out mailing campaigns, like even LinkedIn, like lightly shows you analytics of, of who's clicking, what level of employee they are, areas, regions, right? Uh, there's so many analytics behind it that you know, like kind of, how to work, even LinkedIn, like, you know how to work the system to, like, come up a little bit more in the algorithms. So it's like, I would, I would, I would be miserable doing it without <laughs> social media because you would just be missing, hitting and missing so bad. So, Blythe, we talked about this last year at Manifest, but I framed LinkedIn like this. It started off as this online repository of resumes. And yeah. you would go on there and you would just say, here's what I've done. And that was kind of the level of engagement. Recruiters would go on there and you would maybe go on there when you wanted to be recruited, right? That was it. And now it's pivoted where it really is social. And that's not what it, LinkedIn looked like five years ago. Not no. really. No. Not, and certainly not what it looks like today. I think the pandemic accelerated that. But now you have this platform that still has this foundation of we're here to do business and we're here to network. Mm -hmm. But you've got the social layer distinctly on top of it. And so I think when you interact with LinkedIn today, you've got to appreciate you've got name title, role, I can go on there and prospect in a way that I can't prospect with cold email campaigns or cold phone campaigns. Um, it's just, I don't know, there's no way to kind of frame it like out, like comparatively to these other sort of marketing techniques. You've got to do everything else, but the social element is totally unique. And so when you, when you think about coming to a conference like this, because social media is such an integral part of our everyday work day. Mm -hmm. But when you think about coming to a conference like this, how did you use social media in order to navigate? Because I, I, I know this is maybe is the same for you. The PR outreach has been insane. <laughs> it's email. It's social media. <laughs> it's can I get a meeting? Can we get 15 minutes? It's people just sending me calendar invites yeah. with I have no idea who this person is. So I, how did you guys address like your game plan for coming into this kind of conference? Oh. Well, I will say, thankfully for myself, I do have an amazing media team at, at Freightways that actually helped me with this uh, exact problem and, uh, and and targeting exactly you know who would be best to, from our even group of partners to, to come yeah. on different shows and podcasts, et cetera. Um, but for me, it's also, it's kind of goes back to what you said, like, even if I get a request, like, I'm going to go to your LinkedIn and see what you're... Uh, following is like and how you're engaging with it the people I had on the show are people that I know have incredible followings who are just going to help my own following as well and it's funny even being here too like cards are being passed right but totally. I think I've said more than anything and other people have said it back to me is perfect I'm just add me on LinkedIn yes. let's follow up on shoot me a message right now on LinkedIn that's how I'm gonna I've heard that yeah. more at this conference yes. and I've heard it before though ever yeah it's really interesting because that I think there's been passive consumers of LinkedIn maybe it's these new year's goals that haven't like worn off quite yet yeah. but folks like want to double down on it as a platform 
yeah. because I think there's still so much value and there's not enough folks who are really extracting that value. Yeah. But Grace, you mentioned the analytics. Okay, I can't get those analytics anywhere else. No. I mean, click through and open rate is nowhere near the views and impressions industry location title that I get mm-hmm. from LinkedIn, yeah. right? And I get that at a very, very low cost. Yeah. I mean, it's just... Time. The, the time yeah, savings. Yeah, it's just time investment. Yeah. No. And so, and you asked... What is what is LinkedIn doing to help prepare for a conference? It is the pre-call, the pre-conference homework that I think before we were maybe using uh, Google, quarterly financials, yeah. uh, news alerts, things like that. Where now I'm getting a much more, I think, real and authentic impression of who someone might be. I even think, I mean, it's small little things, right? Like, where did you go to school? What are some of the things that you're posting about? Who are you following? Mm-hmm. I might find, you know, connections that I have in common to make that warm intro, to make that introduction, or even just, frankly, the name drop. Here's who we know in common. Here's why we might be a good fit to work together. And that's the piece that I love. Yeah. And it's not just the, before you show up at a conference, I've been on my phone thinking about who I'm going to go connect with on LinkedIn. I've been sitting in on panels, connecting yeah. with folks during the panel, telling them what I loved about it, <laughs> telling them why I want to connect. Um, this is kind of meta, but I'm thinking like, hey, we're going to take a picture and we're probably going to throw it up on LinkedIn yeah. and share with our, you know, with, with the audience and the community that we've built. Like, hey, this is the kind of stuff that we're up to. This is the stuff that we're doing. Yeah. Right. And so it's funny because we already know that that's going to get traction. That's going to get engagement. And it might not be with a specific, it's going to lead to X, but we know it's going to lead to something. And that's why we invest. In it. Yeah, for sure. Because it's not just a straight line from like. No person you meet to person you're going to do business with. It's a lot of different And if you're expecting it to be that, you're not going to be successful. And you're probably just going to flame out on the engagement, the participation. You're not thinking about how to leverage the tool the right way. It's it's a little bit of a fuzzy ROI. You've got to get comfortable with that ambiguity. Yeah. Right? I think there's so much like, you both do such a good job with posting content consistently. I've got to imagine like sometimes forced might not be the right word, but you're probably in the back of your mind thinking, how do I stay consistent and relevant? And there's a work, there's a workflow to that. Yeah. And a part of why you do that is because you know that there's this compounding effect. If you were to show up once a month, you wouldn't be able to build traction. So sometimes you have to post every day in between, not because any one of those days is meaningful, but it's the totality of those things that actually create the traction. Yeah. That is why folks are tuning in and listening to the expert voice you give to the industry. It's through building that, that it's sort of, I don't know, it's this, it's this virtuous flywheel. We talk about that all the time in business, but it's true in content too. Folks know to show up for you guys because you're going to be there consistently. And that yeah. creates value in and of itself. Yeah. And so when you're, you're thinking about like an event like this, for example, is close to 4,000 registrations, I believe. It's 3,000 more people than was at last year's event. I think it's one of the biggest logistics yeah. events, which is insane to me. So how did you, did you get a little bit more strategic about who you're going to be meeting with this time instead of just saying, because in in the past I've said yes to everybody. I will meet anybody. This time was the first time I was like, I need to take a step back and I need to really evaluate where I'm spending my time and energy and also building in breaks. Like what does your conference game plan look like? For me this year in particular, honestly, probably as close to the same for you, is I've actually tried to focus a little bit more on trying to meet the people that I have a really hard time trying to reach directly. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
this conference is really cool because there's a lot of C levels. There's a, there's a lot of the of people that will tell the people that I would like to talk to yes. to talk to me. Yes. Yeah. And so, uh, like for instance, like we just ran into Coca Cola, right? And uh, Rob Haddock there, who I now met. Like I have been working so hard to kind of get through their their PR wall, and uh, and he came up to me. He was a fan of the show, so it's like I was like, yes, like this is exactly uh, this is a win for me today because this is a really great connection with a global supply chain that could create some really great content. Plus, I'm Coke over Pepsi, so <laughs> it's uh, it's it's that's what I really love is like coming here. You see all of these companies on this wall right here, and say, okay, who do like we really want like you and I for content, and who just like it, it maybe is difficult to reach directly. And let me talk to them here and let them know, hey, this is what we're doing, and and here's the work that I provided. This episode is brought to you by SPI Logistics, the premier freight agent and logistics network in North America. Are you currently building your freight brokerage's book of business and feel that your capabilities are being limited due to lack of support and access to adequate technology? At SPI Logistics, we have the technology, the systems, and the back office support to help you succeed. If you're looking to take control of your financial future and build your own business with the backing of one of the most successful logistics firms in North America, visit SPI3PL.com to learn more. Two things. So... Uh, Grace is serious on Coke over Pepsi. Very serious. Oh, yeah, because we were hanging out. Yes, the game about dinner. I won't drink and, Pepsi if you well, have it. There's like I'll... this Vegas thing where they don't. There's no Coke in the city. Really? Yeah. We found that out yesterday. Huh. And yeah. they said sometimes at bars, typically for mixed drinks, but otherwise, apparently it's a Pepsi town. No idea. And there has to be some history. Pepsi can you, mafia. Can you please yes. dig in and find out more? You know what? I will, and it will be on an episode of Point of Sale, <laughs> and it, it will be titled. Uh, something need, clever. We need you to know the story. I'm yes. hoping the mob was involved. Okay? I, I'm going to figure it out. Because, because if there's some old maybe don't Vegas do story here. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You might find bodies. Actually, if you don't see an episode from me, it's because I found something terribly bad. <laughs> this is your last message. Yes. Blink twice if you're safe. Yes. Uh, so, it's Morse code. Coke which is, is great for everybody who's listening. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> she's just not watching. Just stop uh, showing up to content. The story you just told, though, yeah. about that serendipitous meeting yeah. is some of the underappreciated value that happens at conferences. As much as you might want to structure and say, I'm going to come in and I'm meeting with somebody every half hour. That's great. And if that's your game plan and you can execute, more power to you. Yeah. What I, what I could tell you is... That story is the exact archetype of a story that you want to play out several times at a conference like this. You'll have this meeting, and it's the breakthrough you're wanting, that the cold email, the cold phone call, the PR runaround, the procurement runaround would never otherwise give you. I've had a few of those, and like that's why you show up to these events. The difference is, and you know we can see it here, if you're hiding behind your phone or a cup of coffee, yeah. you might not have it. You've got to be willing to go out yes. and be friendly. I mean, this is a... This is a three-day networking event. They are long days. Uh, there's not a lot of breaks. There's If you're doing it like that, there's a lot of work behind it. Mm-hmm. But the value is incredible. When else are you going to get 4,000 people who are as passionate and as connected to the industry uh, in a room like this yeah. a couple times a year, right? That's the truth. So I love that story. Well, and it's funny when you talk about the people that are here, I mean, Manifest is, is an investment, right? And... So the people that are here are very serious about getting something out of it. And he's making fun of it. He keeps talking about ROI. But it's it's true. So, like, this is not the conference that you want to show up 
and it's tough because it is Vegas and it is followed by a, a pretty awesome concert. But it's not the type of place you just want to show up and and sit in a corner and be afraid to shake hands. This is the spot where people want to leave with some type of new relationship or uh, some type of ROI. It's not going to be physical, right? But yeah. something to, to say, okay, this is, is truly worth it. So, uh, so I do appreciate these events because I think the people that are coming to them hopefully take it seriously and follow through with with that as well. I think it's too, it's also the accidental conversations that you've had yes. with folks. I was sitting at the lunch table today because I just needed, set an alarm on my phone, I needed to get lunch, and I went and sat down, it was a group of table, a few people had left, and this other woman comes down and she sits right next to me, and she's like, oh my God. <sighs> she's like, I just had the worst <laughs> conversation, like this guy, like, you know, is talking down to me, and she's, you know, she vented to me. She's, turns out, pretty high up at eBay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we sat there and I, I Did she know of you or totally organic? Totally organic. Awesome. She sat down right next to me and she started talking about how this, you know, a couple, she had a couple meetings and, you know, a couple of the guys, you know, talked down to her as if she was a subordinate, as if she, and she was really frustrated with it. And she said, I cannot wait for this women's lunch that's going on tomorrow. Yeah. We start connecting over different stories. We were talking about that earlier. Yeah. But yeah. those kind of accidental conversations. <laughs> like, it, you didn't plan for it. I planned like crazy for yeah. this conference. So, and to, almost like every 15 minutes, I have mapped out that 20 minutes, though, that we sat and had a conversation. Like, that's a, that's a person I'm and not Those are the ones to. you almost can't map out, right? It's, it's something that you can't schedule and get that kind of value, right? And that's the magic of a conference. It's really interesting, too, how conferences, I feel like, have bounced back post-COVID. Because this time yeah. last year, honestly, oh, it, was, it was a little awkward. Yeah. I remember I tried to walk through the doors, and they said, stop right there. And I was well, you got to get a PCR test. Yeah. I had no idea. I had no idea. And so, you know, and hey, you always want to be conscious of, of the health concerns, of course. Sure. But we're getting, there, there's a level of comfort now. And what I would tell you is I'm investing more in conferences than direct customer visits oh, wow. because the impact I can have three days here versus trying to zigzag across the country, be away from home every single week, just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Now, That's hey, I think we're all going to try to travel when there is a need and a reason to travel. But conferences, I feel like, are underpriced compared to value anymore. And so I think conferences will continue. My, my thought, marketing and sales, the next one, two, and three years, conferences are more, not less important. And look at the growth in this conference. It's almost double last year. What do you think next, the next year Sounds looks like? Sounds like they're going to take the whole haul next year, too. I, yeah, so. I, I, I've already talked that? to them. Yeah. They have booked the entire place yeah. next year. They're going to have So they're already making that bet. Yes. yes. And they, they made yeah. this bet at Caesars Forum. And I remember talking to the organizers last year, and they said, we don't know if it's going to be large enough for what we want to do. Yeah. And oh, now they're fantastic. here. And they already have booked out, you know, the, the entire space. So the word is out that this space. is now an industry conference that, yeah. that is attending. And there's there's a handful, you know, and different focuses for different ones. But as far as industry conferences go, I think they've done a good job of establishing themselves really quickly as a, as a place to come to. Yeah. So Great. what, I guess, um, how do you prioritize a conference? What makes it a must-attend event? Oh, well, I will say, go to live.freightwaves.com. <laughs> And all of, those, <laughs> all of those are must-attends. The virtuals are actually free. Uh, the in-person ones, we have links to hotels and everything for you. No, I do uh, love the virtual content yes. because that's something that 
conferences typically, and I hate to say this, conferences typically are light on content, great on networking. Yeah. So the virtual actually lets you think Hit about the content. content. Yeah, more. right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and oh, it's great too, because you come to these things and you get to meet more people who can now go on those different right. uh, virtual right. events and then it gets even yes. more clever. Um, I will say those I think are great. Um, this one in particular, I love going to, especially for the tech side that I'm on. Um, it, it's, it's funny because this one does a great job, I think, of what people struggle with is bringing the shipper into the technology aspect of it as well. Um, almost every panel has got at least one shipper on it to give their voice. Um, and I think that's what makes it a little bit more interesting compared to even like TIA, TCA, because a lot of them are more carrier focused. Right. Or, I mean, I go to maths now with Sirius every year too, and that's, trust me, no one in this room is going to probably be at maths. It's a whole different audience huh. as well. So for me, it's I like to look at clearly what my objectives are in the work that I do, what my following is. Um, and even in, I think with your saying, right, people are coming back to these type of conferences yeah. and thinking twice, if there's an audience that you don't think that you're grabbing with whatever you're doing, maybe consider going to that a little bit more. Like the carrier one is the maths is huge. It's a lot of fun, but it's also really big. And so I've noticed in the last one I was at there, there are companies that were here, they're here, we're there. So for me, it's a little bit of, okay, who is my target audience? Who's going to keep building that big following you're talking about, but also who, who do I think, would enjoy some of this content and bring it in as well. What about you, Lars? How are you making a determination of what conferences to visit? So for me personally, it's going to be really where can I find shippers and value for my company or value for my shippers, even if it's not directly with them. But I think, Grace, you teed it up the right way. Like, what's the framework? How do you think about it? It's where is your target audience at? And so I think if you start kind of with that end in mind, like, what are, what are my goals? I might not want to schedule the conference down to the half hour, but what I do want to say is, here's some of the things I'm looking to come away with. I'm looking to come away with a couple of new connections. I do love the fact that industry does show up, and I love getting to have that, those, I don't know, the networking. I mean, I've talked to some of my peers, other heads of sales at other brokerages, and having that opportunity to connect, hear what they're hearing, discuss some of the challenges that I'm seeing, some of the opportunities that they might be seeing, all of that, even that is invaluable in its own right. And so I'm thinking the audience uh, is really where you have to start. For me, it's about, hey, how can I network? How can I meet shippers? And how can I find value? Right. To even add on to the network too, and I, I also do like coming to this and other events like this because I do know people there within my network already. And I, help, I, I think that also drives like a third-party network combined. Yeah, like right? Kevin Bacon of conferences. Yes. Oh, my goodness. That, yes. <laughs> That's exactly Six it. Six degrees of comfort. Yeah. It, that really is true, though. Yeah, like I, Bain's over there, right? Well, if I go talk with Bain and he's can introduce me to someone new and that opens it up, too, and then I'm quickly... Can we play that game? Just yes. go through the attendees, yes. pick someone at random, and see how long it would take for Kevin to yes. that? Yes, yes. <laughs> but it works, and, it's, it, and there's also, like, quick trust because if you're going to introduce me to someone, it's probably not a waste of my time at the right, end of the day. Yeah. Right. You trust, you tend to trust the people who are part of your network and then their network by yes. extension. Just like yeah. LinkedIn will say, this is a second degree connection. Yes. Yeah. At conferences, there's in real life, second degree connections. And going back to the social media element, I can't tell you how many times, I know this has happened to both of you. 
I can't tell you how many times someone's come up and I've seen you on LinkedIn. Yeah. And I have no idea who this person might be because they're not necessarily, well, engaging with the content, yeah. right? They're just consuming it. There's nothing wrong with that. But now I'm having these meaningful in real life connections. And it's funny, some of it is shipper, some of it's industry. They've actually had a couple of carriers that I've sent over to my team. And they say, I like what you're doing. It'd be fun to work with you guys. Yeah. And I said, I might not be the right person, but I'm going to connect <laughs> you to the right people and we'll figure that out. Right? Yeah. That's super interesting. Because I, 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 one of the bigger questions that I got uh, from, I would say, three or four different 3PLs before this event is, okay, but am I going to actually get business from this conference? How do you make that determination as a 3PL yourself? We were joking about that. We were, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Ten minutes before we started recording, we were joking about that. She's like, who have you signed up? Yeah. And I'm like, I, I walked up to him and I'm like, their boss. I'm like, I, I've been in Vegas for 30 hours. <laughs> like, <laughs> So, so when's their first shipment? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so pickups on Monday? Yeah, right? <laughs> so good. So what I can tell you is last year we went through that exercise. We said, who are the connections that we made and what's the business that's resulted from it? Now, procurement timelines can be somewhat long. There are some customers we met last year who, for various reasons, we haven't been onboarded with yet. I'll, I'll give you one example. A major automotive manufacturer, they said you have to be in business for two years. It's part of their risk mitigation profile. They do that for any global vendor. Makes a lot of sense. As much as I hate it, yeah. right? Yeah. So we've been keeping in touch. We've had great conversations. We actually went through, this is terrible, we went through all of the contracting, all of the onboarding, and then, and then the team said, well, wait a minute, red flag, right? So it's funny because I know that that's business that will happen. So there's both the direct ROI, how can I measure that in you know, 90 days, or, or 30 days, I'd say, 90 days, and then over the course of a year. But then also, what, are the, what have I filled my pipeline with because of this attendance, right? I would say the same thing's gonna be true for this year. There are some customers who I'm hoping to have some breakthroughs with because we've attended. And I also know that we're filling some of the you know, top of funnel marketing efforts and top of funnel sales efforts because it might be just even sitting in on their panel and then reaching out to other folks. Or I think you said it, Grace, you, this person might not be the person I'm targeting, but they might connect me to the person. There's a lot of C-level and there's a lot of global heads of procurement. Now, global heads might be focused on warehousing in Asia or final mile in LATAM. I might be looking for the North American middle mile person and they might be able to make that connection. And so that, again, you, you have to get creative with how you network to make it worthwhile. I will say too, and I, I want to say I'm not speaking for him, as, but Grace, you can be a salesperson for yeah. me right now. I'm, I'm in. Yeah, well, let's, and I think you'll understand once I make the point. But as a as someone who writes more about the technology and kind of knows what's happening more behind the scenes for a lot of these folks up here, um, as a 3PL or someone who's in a 3PL spot, a brokerage spot, a lot of these companies actually need 3PL relationships for their systems to truly work. Let's say you're all you're flatbed focused, right? And you uh, have really great connections. Well, uh, working with a platform, a technology platform that focuses on flatbed freight is probably a really great connection to make here. And there's a lot of the companies up there, and I'm not going to throw their names out, but if you do your research well, you're probably going to be able to help them grow their network and bring some true uh, value to them. So, and then also like, think about it, like there's insurance providers here, there's uh, fleet telematics, there's all different types of stuff where it's like, okay, 
there's a way that you could probably work yourself into their ecosystem and find dollars out of that. Look at these guys. Um, well, you keep saying, like, you, we're looking at all oh, of these yes, companies. Right. Oh, yes, you're right. So, so in we the gotta, video, yeah, yeah. Right. For, for folks yeah, who are listening to the audio version, there's a there's a wall behind us with 400, five, I don't know, a thousand logos all over it. Yeah, of different just 100 companies. feet long, 40 feet tall. <laughs> yeah, like that billboard. are all here, yeah. and it's an amazing to see. So so um, let's see how much time we have. I think we have, uh, oh, 10 minutes. Okay, so we got 10 minutes left. Um, what does the conference strategy look like after you leave? Ooh, it's going to be a little <laughs> bit different for, for both of us. Yes, I will say for me, um, <laughs> I've been telling everyone, it's funny, my first panel I was on was how to pitch to a journalist. And one thing that was brought up is we all have different ways that we kind of function through ways that you can get through me. I always tell people, you can email me, email me twice. If I don't answer it in the second email, link to me because I'll feel so guilty about it that I'll email you back right away. <laughs> and I tell everyone I've seen here too, a link, shoot me a LinkedIn message. It, we, I, we get a lot, a lot of people that reach out to us. A lot of, a lot of stuff comes through the different ways email. And so I'll, it'll get lost. And so I always tell people, so for me, I usually start going through LinkedIn, making sure I'm connecting with everyone. It's already, I'm sure you've seen it. I haven't even looked at the app yet because it's just Ugh, going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then from there, figuring out some type of schedule, right? Mm -hmm. If it's your company, I think would be great for radio or uh, articles or different, uh, different areas that I can kind of take that content I started kind of drafting that out from there. Do you block off days after? Because this is a first thing. That's why I kind of rolled my eyes year. because it's, it, I was like, yeah, it's almost, the follow-up is almost harder than yes. just being here. So Which is why yeah. I set aside two days that I'm not, oh, really? yeah, two days. So Monday and Tuesday of next week, I still have my out of office on. Yeah. And I'm just going to do follow-up. Yes. Because it's been a super weak or big weakness of mine over the last few conferences is my lack of follow-up. Yes. Okay, so we've got to circle back after this on the app because I'm so interested in that and I kind of want your hot takes. But there's... Here, here's Actually, the I can't even say it right now. Actually, wait, no, this can be edited and stuff, right? Sure. What are you about to say? Oh, no, I mean, let's be kind to my podcast editor. Shout out to Josh. I was just going to say, I haven't been Hard able to... Hard cut and then it just... The Apple... Like, the Apple... <laughs> the Apple and that's it for today's episode. <laughs> Everything in logistics. This is <laughs> just have a pop up that says Grace goes crazy. Uh, the Apple let me in. That'll be the thumbnail. I haven't been in the Apple oh. all, all the conference. I can't oh, get you in. Oh, the worst. Oh, oh it doesn't say unauthorized user. You have to go to the desk to get it. It says, it says like event not exist or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what I do? Yeah, it happened to me too. This morning they fixed it it's for me. It happened to a lot of folks. Though. So I, but the cool, I will say the cool thing about the app is it's sending you an email every time someone does yes. it. Yes. So I do have a path, but people, it, I'm, I'm and like. And I love this technology for folks who are just oh, it's listening like it's just a badge yeah. that's on your badge and you literally press a button and you can share your contact information with somebody yeah. else funny, we're doing that and still trading cards left and right which <laughs> the i don't know waste like, of this some, industry like some habits <laughs> won't die yeah like it, just if like, you could just like honestly like and these are all people who we did the you know doo -doo -doo, little uh beeping do of the you badges, do you right? have a uh rolodex too. Uh, me too. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah well, I love really? it. So many cards. I can't throw I've them never away. throw them away. Never. No, never you never, never know. And you know what's interesting? Yeah. So, <laughs> I do. Okay. I, 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 when was the last I've time got, you actually looked at your business cards? Okay. And went back. Different topic. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so you I've never gone know. to Shipper's. Might die. I, so I have this shipper and she's got this like huge binder. She is savage. 
like goes through it, threw my old one out and put a new one in. Like, and I just remember like watching it. I'm like, oh my gosh. It's I like feel, baseball cards almost where you have to collect well, them. Well, you've got to keep my Pokemon. rookie card. You know, I mean, you can't just throw that away. Yeah. You um, evolved. No, a hundred percent. So what do you do? Nobody so conference strategy, what jokes. do you do when you get back home? I want to steal the, I'm still out when I'm back in. Yeah, because, I'm stealing that so too. So pragmatically, here's the truth. Our, our inboxes are out of control. And so is everyone else is here. And so we've just taken all this time away. Work hasn't stopped. Life hasn't stopped. You're going to get home and, you know, you've got to attend to some things, do some laundry. You've got to relax a little bit. The work is piled up. But what I would say is I think there's a long game to it. So, hey, just very tactical. What's the playbook? Scrape the email list if you can. Uh, Sometimes those are gated by sponsorship or whatever it might be. But there are contacts that you've met with that you need to follow up with and be strategic about. There are some that you wanted to meet with, you didn't. But this common shared connection of, hey, how was the conference for you, right? Uh, did you go to Nelly? Whatever it might be, you've yeah. got to have something. And I, what I'd say is it also should be whatever your, whatever your product is, become this sort of like, you know, funnel for activity, right? And so I want to throw all those shippers in. I want to have some targeted activities. And it's okay if that's not the first day back. It's probably better because like everybody else, like, true. Very you know, true. That's a good I need point, to go do yeah. some laundry. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Their inboxes are loaded too. Wow. Right. Yeah. yeah, you're right. And then it's going to be like a day or two and to they're late. Playing catch and then it's up. even more loaded. So it's almost funny. It's like there, oh. there's something strategic about if you huh. really want to, if you really want, like there, there's so much science behind the timing of follow-up. If you really want to win, it's not on Monday. After yeah, this conference. That's true. I'm gonna have it's to schedule probably my Thursday. Yeah. yeah. Don't I won't send you can them do all that now. Think about yeah. what time, what time of the day that I'm sending, what means, and what's the sequence. Yeah. How long before the second email? How long before the LinkedIn connection? Do you phone call? When do you phone call? All of those pieces. So you've got to have a strategy, but I think if it's just like the, you know, sort of it's kind of, I think about like that standard old brokerage, like just like the post and pray, like, well that yes. isn't it. Right? Yeah. Be strategic and be thoughtful. Do you wish there was a central place to pull in all of your social media posts, recruit employees, and give potential customers a glimpse into how you operate your business? Well, all of this should already be on your website, but too often we hand that responsibility of building our online home off to a cousin, a neighbor's kid down the street, or a stranger across the world. Digital Dispatch believes in building a better website at a fraction of the cost that those big-time marketing agencies would charge. Because we've spent years on those digital front lines, our experienced team focuses on the modern web technologies to bring in all of the places you're already active online, show off those customer success stories, and measure the ROI of it all in one place. With managed website plans starting at $90 a month, head on over to digitaldispatch.io to see how we can build your digital ecosystem on a strong foundation. We've got explainer videos right on the website and the ability to book a demo immediately. Find it all over at digitaldispatch.io. Yeah, I brought that up in that pitching to journalists too. It's how to build that relationship and it's... uh, I don't know, you probably know this, but it's like PR has gotten really bad at, I don't know what systems they're using or what they're doing. It's like automated emails where it's like, yeah, I can tell that this is... Kitcaster. Yeah, this it, is for you. Oh, you show, you know the name. I, even on Kit stage, Caster, I was like, I don't know what tech... outreach. <laughs> I have a bone to pick with you. Wait, so as a non-podcaster, <laughs> yeah. give me like the... 
what, what's it's just, uh, it, well, and it's funny because I don't even know what these companies are names, but it's like, you can, you know, that email that's like, uh, Hey, Blake, it just sounds so automated. Like I oh, have, I, I work well, with you, you know what it is. and it's, this and this and this. It's, it's the podcast software. So in your podcast RSS feed is your contact email. So there are data scrapers that exist oh, that they can scrape the contact scraping. email and topic. the podcast name <laughs> and then send you automatic emails. And I think that's what, I don't know. No, it's, but it's there. But I'm pretty sure because the, it, the PR outreach that I get is nine times out of ten unrelated to the show. And I yes. can tell instantly oh. that they've never listened to the show. And, and that's what I, I think that's the advice is like. Talk about, like, say what you liked when we met or what we talked about. Because that's going to probably have me answer a lot. Right. The reason we do that is because it's easy. It's, it's yeah. not good. Right. And then they're so going to say, bad. well, but it's a numbers game. And <laughs> even if I get 0.0001% to respond to me, if I send out 100,000 emails, that gives me something to work through. And what I'd say is, for most of us, we're not going to be successful with that kind of response rate. And, it, and hey, I... I like mass email campaigns. I think there's a place for them. I think you should be as targeted and as qualified on the front end as you absolutely can be. And I think you have to have fantastic copy. Like, I want, I want to tell you exactly what I do. I want to do it succinctly. I want to make you laugh. Like, we're, we're doing an email. Like, we have to talk about this another time. I, know, I feel like that's a whole on, on the email. So, so the last email campaign I had, five email drip. The fifth email was our call to action at a 5.2% response rate. If, and this is statistically, you know, sort of like meaningful, over 500 distinct contacts. That is, I don't know if I can cuss, but it is fucking great, yeah, right? And so, but, but here's the thing, because most folks will tell me, it's like, yeah, you're going to see between uh, 0.5 and, and 1.25% response rate on any call to action, you know, excluding your unsubs that you've had throughout, right? When they're just scraping, if you just do the same thing for conferences... I mean, honestly, it's a wasted effort. You're going through the motions, but you're not getting any traction. It's easier. If someone was to reach out to you, and it sounds like they do, and, and they're just coming with absolute vanilla, no value, no distinct reason for you to respond, yeah. guess what you don't do? Yeah. You don't invite them to the pod. You don't, you don't have them on. You don't create content because it's not valuable for your audience. Yeah, it's, if anything, I, I answer back. I'm interested in what you think, too. If I could say a perfect email, one, how we met. To what we're going to talk about distinctly uh, compared to a lot of times people reach out and it'll be like supply chain problems. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is this an earnings call? Is this, an, is this an earnings call? Uh, or compared to we recently did a study where we found 94% of so-and-so and if we discuss this, this, and And you've this, already lost me. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I like that because now it's like, first off, you just came up with content. Oh, but, so you're saying when they're clear yes. and they, oh, because there's a part of me when it's like, it's too anonymized. They just want to be on the show, but they, they don't know what to talk about. And that's always funny to me. It's like, a lot of times too, they'll say like, what do you want to speak? I don't know what, what the hell is going on. Like, think, you know, like, what are you doing? I think for both of you, you're, you're creating so much content that between booking guests and the research, if someone can come and tell you exactly what's interesting. Exactly. Yes. Like, that is a game changer. Exactly. And that's, I think, for a lot of podcasters is that they, or, or for a lot of folks who want to be on podcasts, they don't understand that this is, we're, we're doing this dozens of times every day. Yeah. Right. Help us help you. Yes. We want to set you up for success. Yes. So get, shoot us topic ideas. And then when the interview comes, 
we'll send over a rough outline, a rough conversation yes. um, with all that, you know. All, it's it, got to it be helps. for a better conversation, right? right? Yeah. Like, it's a little bit more engaging. It's a little bit more fun. Oh, yeah. All right, we got to wrap because we got the next podcast interview awesome. set up. So from nice. uh, where can folks follow more of your work, all that, you know, all your socials, all that good stuff. Well, since we're just on the LinkedIn train, go to my LinkedIn. And uh, I've got my Linktree link in my LinkedIn. Click on that. It'll get you to my SiriusXM page. You can listen on demand episodes, my email, my Twitter, my Instagram, my all the things. All of it uh, is right there. Took that from life. So uh, shout out. Yeah, go to LinkedIn. You'll see that link right at the top and it'll get you to everything. We've talked about it. LinkedIn. That's where to find me. Go, go hang out. Go connect. It's not Lars Vano. Yeah, as much as it Lars should be. Vana. Yeah, yeah, touche. It's not Lars Vano. <laughs> Lars Ward and yeah, let's hang out on LinkedIn. Like, trucking company too. Like, Ward. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, Grace, Lars, Vana. Thank you for joining the show. This was a blast. <laughs> Great conversation as always. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode of Everything is Logistics, a podcast for the thinkers in freight, telling the stories behind how your favorite stuff and people get from point A to B. If you liked this episode, do me a favor and sign up for our newsletter. I know what you're probably thinking, oh God, another newsletter. But it's the easiest way to stay updated when new episodes are released, plus we drop a lot of gems in that email to help the one-person marketing team and folks like yourself who are probably wearing a lot of hats at work in order to help you navigate this digital world a little bit easier. You can find that email sign-up link along with our socials and past episodes over at everythingislogistics.com. And until next time, I'm Blythe and go Jags.